When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham. Will Pugh and Tom Edwards, no James Jones tonight, but there is a very special reason why, which we will get to in just a second. But obviously tonight, lots to get into. Last night's derby defeat to Arsenal after leading 1-0. What went wrong there? Apart from a pretty poor, abysmal nine minutes when Arsenal fanned themselves. We were talking about that. Looking who is to blame in Pellegrini's hot seat. Well, how hot is that seat? Apparently he has one more game. Names already been linked with that job. And we will look towards Southampton. And you may think that James isn't here. But of course, as is tradition, the West Ham Mystery Players Quiz, the Rogue Players Quiz, will be taking place. Tom taking on Will. But I did mention at the very top of the show, there is no James Jones here. He's not skiving. He's not missing an action like Will when he had three weeks off. There is a very good reason, and our very own Will Pugh will let you in on a little secret. Hey, evening, Charlie. Nice to... Uh, nice to <laughs> well, I'll say nice to see you. It's not really. <laughs> but no, before we uh, before we start with the inevitable moaning, like you say, James isn't here tonight. Any of you who follow him on Twitter will know that James actually gave birth to his first baby James only yesterday. Birth. Yeah, James did. Yeah. <laughs> well, James's, James's missus gave birth to his first baby yesterday Harrison Christopher Jones so he had a little son born yesterday mum and baby all healthy so just like to extend our congratulations I would say from everyone here at We Are West Ham but that's basically just me so no everyone <laughs> abs- yeah and, and the whole show but James yeah, yeah absolutely but yeah good uh, yeah all doing well so good stuff for Jonesy yes. no, we'll let him off not being here I think yeah I think just this once but sending love uh, to the Jones family there just absolutely terrific news especially uh, from everyone at Love Sports as well sending love to the family and new baby hammer only the way uh, saw James's tweet already first tweet included the irons had to be uh, typical uh, Harrison is the name really excited to see uh, what James has to say about it. Oh, he will be back with us over the next few weeks but Will and Tom lead us forward as they do uh, I'm guessing that this next 15 minutes is going to be a passionate one it's going to be a fiery one because we're not just talking about the defeat to Arsenal we are going to be covering Wolves and that victory at Chelsea now Will it just feels like not a lifetime ago, but it does feel like quite a way, way back. I feel like we should just <laughs> talk about James's baby for the next 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Well, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Might be happy yeah. with yeah. that. Exactly, yeah. Names James should have called his baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, who had Harrison in the sweet <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah, um, Yeah. it's not very good, is it really? Like you say, you mentioned the Chelsea win there. I think everyone had a, a sort of feeling at the time that it was a bit of a flash in the pan. Remember the talk on the show then was very much, well... Pellegrini might have bought himself a bit of time, but given the the results that came before that, and more importantly the performances, nothing's changed. If anything, it's getting worse. 
and I just think it's really sad what's happening to the club at the, at the moment, mate. To be honest, I think obviously the normal format for these shows is we'll, you know we review the last game and it's very sort of in the moment, very current. But chatting to Tom beforehand as well, and I think we both agreed that we can we can look at the Wolves game, we can look at the Arsenal game, or we can look at a, you know another handful of games from this season or the majority of games we've played this season and break them down individually. But I just think it's wrong. It's wrong to do that at the moment. There are huge, huge problems. It's it's starting to feel at the moment the very early stages of the same sort of feelings as you had before the you know it all kicked off at Burnley on that uh, infamous day last in 2018. And I think to be honest, at, at this stage now, it appears clear to me. Like after the game last night, I went on Twitter, and understandably, there's sort of outrage on on all corners. Different different people blaming different sections of the club and I, I think from from my point of view the, it's quite hard especially with Twitter you're sort of forced yeah. to boil your thoughts down to um, you know just a few characters and the, the the most succinct thing I can come to at the moment now because these feelings of anger and animosity it, it's from the stadium like when there's no point pretending it's not about that now it's from the stadium because once again I'll reiterate it I've reiterated it before and I'll say it again when West Ham were moved from their spiritual home where generations of, of West Ham fans had gone to watch their team week in, week out, not particularly for the glory, maybe in you know, a couple of purple patches, but decades and decades ago now, people of me and Tom's age certainly yeah. don't go and watch West Ham for the glory. When the decision was made to move, uh, and that decision that affected tens of thousands of people, when that was made to move us from, from there to Upton Park to the London Stadium as it is now, there was a clear promise. The clear promise was that, as I've said, we'll take you from your spiritual home, but the football on the pitch will be better. The, the football club you're supporting will be different on the pitch. You'll be involved in the big games and the big competitions. You'll be competing at the top end of the Premier League. You'll be getting wins a lot more. Your whole footballing experience will be different. But, like I say, don't worry. Although it might not be ideal for you all because it's not where you've gone and all the tradition and the the, the place and the stuff you really love about the club has gone. It's all right because the football will be better. That's not true. That's not happening. That, it hasn't been happening up till now. It looked for a brief moment over the summer and the beginning of this season and I was I was one of the, the suckers who got caught up in it, if you like. I'll hold my hands up for that. You but, weren't the only one in your defence. Everyone gets swept not. away in the emotion of their team. But I feel... Now, the, I just think the board we have and the people who are in charge right at the top of the club, because as in any business, the, the things that people do on the bottom, it all comes down from the top. It's a mentality thing as well as anything else. And I just think it's clear now the board are simply not capable of keeping the promise they made to tens and tens of thousands of West Ham fans when they move from the Upton Park to the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, well, it's re- really strong words there, by the way. I thought it was mm. getting swept away by the emotion of that. Uh, you know, beautifully said, really, about everything that's going wrong because we can look to the run of form, we can look to this season, but there are underlying problems. Tom, I've been sort of watching your tweets like a hawk because almost you're my very own West Ham ti- timeline, and and you tweeted this one, and and this was the one really that echoed with me, and Will just sort of uh, alluded to it as well. You said you've hated this season the most because not only are other teams doing well, but West Ham have only got worse at the Olympic Stadium, sold on a dream, and at the minute the dream is is no. Nowhere near reality. Absolutely. What Will just said, then you're right, it was beautifully put, and it is dead true. I for me, I think it is it is rotten from the top and a move exactly that. They've gone to this stadium, they've done they've paid 
as little amount of money as they can to improve that stadium and make it fit for purpose. And it is not. It's a, it's a disgrace to go there, honestly. I walked with an Arsenal fan over the bridge and he said, this reminds me of Baku, the walk we took and how long it is and how lack of feeling there is at that stadium and how there's scaffolding in the tiers. It is not fit for purpose. And now... We ke- we left. Everyone forgets we left Upton Park and we were four points off Champions League with a bloke who came in the top fifteen in the Ballon d'Or. We had a chance then to pay big money, serious money to get people in who'd want to play with Pio, who just was shone like a star at the Euros. We had a good team. We had a- fans were so behind that team and under Billich, and we absolutely loved the club. At that at that point, that's the most I've ever loved that football club, and it was mm. absolutely ridiculous. Going to games was exciting. It was fun at the Olympics. That sorry at. Upton Park, we moved to Olympic Stadium with an opportunity with a good squad with European football to go there and make a difference. Since we moved to Olympic Stadium, the highest we've ever finished was 10th last season. We've got worse and worse and worse. And the disconnect between the fans and the whole club in general and the players on the pitch is ridiculous. It is it's so drastic right now that I've I was there on Wolves I was up there in Wolves at Wolves, sorry, on a Wednesday night, and then I was obviously there last night. Both games you look around and you just even at nil nil in the Wolves game there was just a glum lack of hope like no people were literally like why why are we even here like it feels like there is is hopelessness and like Will said it feels very much like the build up to Burnley game where it's that breaking point because the names everyone's saying Pellegrini out he may well have to go he has to go performance wise but the names that are being linked Tony Pulis (laughs) Sam Allardyce David Moyes Chris Hewitt and people who weren't good enough for Norwich's Brighton's Stoke, Middlesbrough, and and they're the ones who are going to get us out of this. We have we have regressed, unbelievable. I, I can't even believe it. You look at teams like Sheffield United, Wolves, Leicester, and how much far and away better their playing stuff is than ours right now, and what they're giving for their clubs compared to what our players are giving. It, I I frankly find it disgusting. Well, there is a disconnect with the fans at the minute, and you will, or you know, uh, you we are West Ham put out a poll, didn't you, for fans to get involved? What is the root of the problem, and, and what was the poll, and what were the answers? I mean, we'll. <clears throat> Sorry, Charlie. No. If, uh, I, I just we will go on to that later because mm. Tom's obviously brought it up there, and it is a it is a topic on everyone's lips. The Pellegrini thing, and we'll, we'll if you don't mind, mm. we'll, we'll incorporate the poll results into that later on. But I think just to to make clear about about the statement about the board, because I think with that, my my personal point of view and why I think they need to go is mine's not a personal um, sort of vendetta or a personal dislike. Even their characters are what their characters are. From my point of view, I just think they're not wealthy enough because the promise was basically that we'd be competing for the top six and we'd be floating around in Europe, etc., etc. Unfortunately, they're not wealthy enough to do that. that. That's the reality of the situation. Premier League football, if you want to be doing those things and competing at that level, you need to have more money than we do as owners. You need to but have West more Ham money. West Ham have spent this summer, I know they haven't in years, this summer, that because that's what they will argue, won't they? That no, they've well, backed Pellegrini Net spend was window. £20 million, though. Everyone for, net spend was £20 million. That's a good point. And, that's, and, and to be honest, we've got two players at the moment who are forty or who we paid £40 million mm. plus for. Tom said the, the statistic then, £16 million on fullbacks in 10 years, yeah, is it? Yeah, £16 million on fullbacks in 10 years and £10 million on goalkeepers in 10 years and £7 million of that was on one bloke who starts for us but he's injured now. So, and that's that's my point, is that, you know, I don't have a personal vendetta. At the end of the day, whether it's me falling for a bit of propaganda or not, I'm not really sure. If you look at, a, from a purely financial perspective, the club is in a better in better shape now than when they took it on. And I, I think fair enough for that. You can, no one can really argue with that. I think it's always been the case, and it always will be, the Golden Sullivan legacy, probably, unless we won the league in the next couple of years, 
even if we won an FA Cup, it wouldn't overshadow. Their legacy is going to be the stadium move. And that will last for tens and tens and tens of years, perhaps even into the hundreds. You know, Obviously, mm. we won't be around for that. But I just think, ultimately, from like Tom mentioned it, it's, it's a top-to-bottom thing. And I do think that's right. And the, the problem is, I just wonder, like last night, the thing that really got to me the most and, and hit home the most was when Arsenal's when we were one new up against Arsenal. The the <clears throat> excuse me, the crowd was fairly buzzing to be fair mm-hmm. in in pockets, and that I just it was it was strange because Arsenal was so there for the taking they were very poor. But the the thing that really got to me was when Arsenal's first, second, and third goals went in. There was no anger, no one on the pitch on the bench was annoyed. The only anger in that whole stadium was in the fans, the seats, yeah. the people that have paid to be there, not the people getting paid to be there. No anger whatsoever. Even Mark Noble's spark looks like it's gone. It just looks like he's defeated. He's finally defeated. I think before, that spirit that he had, I think was, he was obviously the instigator, but I think then it was carried on by four, five or six other members of the first 11 or the squad. You've got no one there really who cares anymore, Charlie. People will say mm. Declan Rice, but he's the youngest. He's still a kid. So he's much, only been in the team for two minutes. I don't, as much as he cares, I'm not slagging him off. He's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. He'll go into much better things than the level he's playing right now for West Ham, and that's a fact. But he, when I say he cares, it's hard for me to think that he cares because he comes out. No, he does care. I know he cares. But he comes out. He's always the first one in the media. For some reason, he loves... If I lost a football game, last thing I want to do is media. He always seems to be one after a big loss to go to the media and like promote his own brand and say how rubbish we are. Mm-hmm. Get off for me. It's like you're a big, you're one of our main main players in this, and you are not playing anywhere near how good you could be. Yesterday he was all right, but for me, I, I, I I'm sure the media love him, and he, they always very on his back to come and do it. But for me, stay out of the media. Get it right. Just get it right on the pitch. All of them it, all of them are accountable. It's not just one person. It's every single person in that whole club is accountable for what's going on right now. And well, it's terrible. Every person is accountable. We were saying there was no anger. Players, playing staff, the manager. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the manager because we're looking at who is to blame for this collapse that West Ham are having. We've all got one. And we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards flying the flag for West Ham tonight. A pretty passionate first section talking about the team and the problems, the root of the problems, what is going on. You can have your say as well tonight. We're open to all opinions. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, we don't know who's to blame. There is a lot going around at the minute. We were talking of the poll that you've done at the minute. But, Will, you mentioned it there. No anger from any of the players. You know, is is the fire lost at the minute? I think so. And just to, to sort of go back, I know Tom went into it a little bit there. I'm, I wasn't trying to point the finger at Declan Rice. What my opinion mm. is, I don't think anyone should be looking at him for the anger. I think you've got more senior players, plenty of players on far more money than he has. He's still a young kid, and I still think he's top two or three players for us this definitely, season anyway. Definitely, so, definitely. But I just think as far as... As far as the care goes, and that and that's it, just felt like when Arsenal scored, it felt like we're one nil up against Arsenal here, who are definitely here for the taking. Yeah. The worst Arsenal scene I've ever seen in my life, 
Um, they're they're here for the taking. No one looks like they want to take mm. them. It was very much oh, if we just carry on at this six out of ten, we nick a one nil yeah. and happy days. But we're not going to try and kill them off. Because this was the problem for me. You said there was no angle when Arsenal scored their three goals. But from 1-0, I thought, oof, West Ham are going to run now. Because Arsenal, we know what they're like. Very vulnerable at the minute. They're going to fold. West Ham didn't really put their foot down. It, they, mm. they just floated afterwards. Very strange after they took the lead almost. A hundred percent. I mean, they're like Will said, there is such an evident lack of fight in that team. It is is virgin on the ridiculous. They go, anything goes against us this season. One bad thing happens. We go 1-0 down or it goes 1-0 and they drop their heads and they roll over for whoever it is. And that's a fact. They, they never come back into the game. They go, things go against us and this team are there. Oh, West Ham are there for the taking massively. We missed a few good chances to go 2-0 and then I think that how bad Arsenal are, we would have gone on to win that game. But my, my overriding problem, I've got probably boring everyone on Twitter with it, but... We've spent, since we got promoted in 2012, spent 381 million in eight seasons and we don't have a single player in that in that whole squad who's ever got more than nine Premier League goals. You're never going to do anything. You're never going to hurt any team if you don't have a proven goal scorer at this level. And that will come back to haunt us. And I'd say it time and time and time again. We've got a goal scorer, Haller, who you do leave on the bench. He's been poor. He's been poor up front of his own in the last six, seven games. But he's clearly a good player and he needs someone up there with him. But if you don't score goals in this league, you're never going to look like you can hurt anyone. And that was our problem last night. And then they just rolled over through the middle. Well, the problem is not only are West Ham not scoring goals, it seems like they're not creating chances. Because obviously when you go on runs like this and you're not winning games, everyone loves a stat. And I know I'm doing it now, but I saw a stat that since 2015 and 16 season, uh, the player that's created uh, the most big chances at 22 was a player that left 35 months ago. And that player was... Dimitri Payet. Exactly. That is unbelievable that he's created the most chances. He still will sit atop at that list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Sorry. What, what do you say? I, I just think that that, that Payet was, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he was surrounded by 10 other excellent players who cared a lot and played their, out mm. their skin. I just find it hard to... West Ham at the moment seem to be just symbolic of everything to everyone else that is wrong with, with modern day football. I just... You know, you've got uh, 60,000 odd fans in there. And I, it was a few weeks ago, Karen Brady called for people to stick together. And I find that so insulting because I just think, and I'm sure lots of people do, I think, well, hang on, what you, you're saying stick together. How can fans or players, I know not everyone will agree with me on players because they always throw the how much money they're on, but how can fans particularly, but even players, get motivated for, for something when the whole purpose of the whole operation and organisation, i.e. West Ham United, is simply to just be a machine for profit that's not what football clubs mm. should be about that's not what they were ever about in the first place and because they're now such a saleable asset or it's a saleable product the Premier League that all came from actual football fans when football clubs were about communities and and football clubs themselves were a community now those fans if you like or the ones that clubs actually care about and that the Premier League cares about mm. are in far-flung corners of the globe because the money doesn't come from the punters going through the gate anymore it comes from the people paying their subscriptions in far parts of the world I think that just results in the majority of players now have zero absolutely zero connection to the club they pay for and it's become so much the norm they don't even pretend they care anymore mm. do they they just sort yeah. of they just shrug it off. Yeah, it's just like, uh, whatever. And, and fair enough, because they're only worried about getting that next bigger contract and that next bigger contract and that next bigger contract. Even 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I started going to watch West Ham, everyone at West Ham, they were still probably earning 10, 15 grand a week, more money than your man on the street. But if you played for anyone outside of the top three teams, maybe, 
you'd be on about the same sort of money. So yeah. you'd have players like John Moncur, for example, at West Ham. You'd have hordes of players. Julian Dix, he was at Liverpool. He was probably on a bit more money at Liverpool, but he wanted to come back and play for West Ham because there was something about West Ham. What is there for a player, a modern-day player, or a modern-day fan to latch onto at West Ham anymore? Completely agree. I mean, for me, what did it this week, I think Kieran Maguire, who often comes on Love Sport, he, yeah. he released a thing which basically was to do with the transaction about West Ham selling Upton Park and something like they sold it to one company who then sold it on again. And from that second deal, the directors got £16 million. No one's seen that at the club. How can you... How can you not like the media rhetoric for us is oh they're bored everyone's spent money it, it's it's rubbish when when they're taking money away from the club like that for a spiritual home like that there is no way we do not have a right to really feel like it's rotten to the core and the players must see it Mark Noble they're all the same they've all been there all the people at the club have been there since the move of Bonners and all that lot of course, they were promised just as much we were promised they were promised to improve and to get better players in around them to have a bigger squad depth and to compete in more things and when it's just the same old rubbish week in week out we've tried I saw a tweet uh, today I think it was and it was said we've tried every type of manager we tried a Bilic who was an ex-player when we've tried the big bunny man in Pellegrini and we've also had Allardyces and people like we've tried everything but the one constant from that is the board for me and the, the, if the owners don't work in tandem with the manager no club is going to go anywhere whatsoever and that is the situation we're in and the players clearly see it and they're clearly frustrated with what's going on and for me that is no they should not be allowed to get away with that the players whatsoever but it's hard for them not to also be affected by the negativity uh, spot on what you just said how you've ended it there I think with, with the one, with all those managers you just reeled off there Bilic was the only one who cared about mm. our football club and now it looks like he could be coming back to the Premier League with West Brom yeah yeah, yeah. I mm. mean look the, the, don't get me wrong I think it was time for him to go at the mm. end And but I think because you, because <clears throat> everyone tells he cared about the football club you knew he was doing his best you knew he wasn't just trying to duck out of it or he was just there for a payday which I think you know you listen to Pellegrini's interview after the game Really short at the end. We, do you think you'll be given the time? Well, I don't know. Just storming off. Just the man, fair enough. Like He's from Chile. He's never played for West Ham. No real affinity to West Ham. All West Ham are to him and so many others. He's just a big contract in a nice part of London. Well, there is so much brilliance being spoken about by Will and Tom at the minute. Such an insight into, into the fallout of what's going on. Not just this season, but the problems at the house of West Ham. Well, we've had a call into the studio because I'm assuming everyone wants their say tonight. Uh, this time, Reese, Reese, I know you want to talk a bit a little bit about the problems and, of course, the Arsenal game last night. How are we doing, chaps? You all right? Yeah, oh, yeah this is the quiz master himself. Quiz master, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to ring up for a couple of weeks, mate, but last night was just, just sort of like the final straw. Yeah. So, um, I think, to be honest, what everyone's saying on the show at the moment is just, you know, we just look dead and buried. You know, as soon as we can see the goal, there's just no... I don't even think we've got any, you know, obviously we've got Noble, but there's no winners in the team. We just look shot to... We made a bang-average Arsenal team look like Barcelona in that last 20 minutes last night. They weren't even that good, were they? They weren't even bang-average. No. They, yeah. were they were awful. Like, from two minutes yeah, in, I, booting out for a throw-in. Yeah, I think that in the, all the years I've been going, that's probably the worst Arsenal team I've seen. 100% I was there I watched them on a Thursday I was obviously up in Wolves on Wednesday watched Arsenal with a mate on Thursday and I said that is the worst Arsenal team I've ever seen arguably the worst team I've seen live all season yeah. if we don't beat them it sends even more alarm bells going off in my head and I just thought 
we they got a sniff and they realised as soon as they got a sniff they realised how lackadaisical and bad we are. And where do you where do you think this starts for us? Where have you seen it this season? Cool. Um, I, to be honest, I think a lot of it's come from after that Man United win. Really, I mm. think it's. I'm not saying the Oxford game because he made changes. We've all gone through the thing with the goalkeeper with Roberto, but I, I was saying last night after the game with the fella I went up there with, we've just got a lot of bang average players now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you have some that play. I, I sat with a friend last night and I don't sit on that side. Um, and the amount of abuse Anderson was getting, I mean, I haven't been that much this season, but he was getting absolute dog's abuse. Mm. From, like, if he didn't pass the ball, like, to say, he was getting, and, and you know, it, I'm not saying that obviously don't help, but I think we've, we're low on confidence. We're, you know, the squad's very thin. We're going through that period of game where he don't want to change his tactics. It took for us to be 3-1 down last night for Haller to come on again. Let's just have a bit, like, for once, just go two up front. Reese, how, you know, how, every, sorry, 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 Reese. How deep are the problems at West Ham at the minute? Because I know you said you can't quite put your finger on it. Maybe the United result, but West Ham have not won outside of London Watford since December 2018. Twelve months since West Ham won a game out, out of that small area. Um, I mean, I, I just, I think every team looks at us as an easy target. You know, if you want to. If you want a team to play to boost morale, I mean, obviously this has been happening for years, but in the last 18 months, you know, like that, the Everton game this season, you know, I think they hadn't won in, what was that, about eight or nine, wasn't it? <laughs> it's embarrassing, and we went there, and all of a sudden, they just look, they just look a new team, and then guess what, they've sacked their manager since then. It's like, you know, we, we have to do everything last. We're not in that, making a bit of a statement, having a few of the youngsters in the side. You know, the the fans, for no. me, I, I've been reading a lot about, you know, doing another march or whatever, trying to, but even if you, the youngsters are in there, the fans are battered. It's just dross that's being served up at the moment. It's just, and I, I think even if you change it, it, I personally think it's all from the top downwards. I was just going to ask you about that, Reese, because I... I I totally agree what you say there. You know, you want you want your club to at least take a couple of risks, don't you? Like you say, whether it's yeah. get there and sack the manager first, or whether it's like throw throw a couple of the youngsters in, or just something a little bit maverick, or a little bit that suggests you're trying at least trying to take a couple of risks, and you you want to be at the forefront of things. But so I totally agree on that point. But so you said there, you've pretty much answered the question already. Um, I think that for me, it sort of made me made me have a look into this a bit more. But who you you'd blame the board, would you? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I don't think yeah. Go on, sorry, mate. No, I feel like if Pellegrini goes now, we we'll get onto this. But I feel like if Pellegrini goes now, he'll just be another scapegoat. He'll just be another name who gets blamed, and then the players get get blamed and all that. I feel well, like with any organisation, it's top down. With- we were in the same scenario with Billich, I think, if I remember rightly, that they give him a couple of games and I think we got a win and then we lost another two on a bounce. And it's, it's one of them, if it's true that they're going to give him till Saturday, I can't see what the the difference is. If we get beat again, everyone will go, well, I told you so. For me, if you get rid of him, Saturday's a bit of a free hit. If we get beat, but whoever they appoint or get into for that game would have different ideas. But, I just don't think they're going to do it. And that's what, again, where it comes down to, I think you've got to blame them. 
Yeah, I think it's completely pointless, Reese, to bring, say he's got one game if he loses and then they get rid of him, or if he wins, go, oh, but we'll see what happens in the next <laughs> game. It just yeah. it doesn't make no sense, uh, I think, not just for you, but yeah. for all the West Ham fans. Reese, really appreciate you yeah. calling up. Uh, we're going to be doing your quiz next, so uh, you'll definitely be enjoying that one. Uh, appreciate that, as always. Reese there, obviously, t- talking what's going on. Will, can we quickly, though, before we do the quiz, let's talk about the poll because we're blaming the board, we're, we're looking at the manager. Let's hear of the results because you put a brilliant poll up on We Are West Ham and, and we haven't really even covered Pellegrini because we're hearing the names. Tom mentioned those names. and You know, this one game he's got to save, I mean, it doesn't make sense to you if we can bring that poll in. Yeah, so I just I, I did it. Just a real brief one earlier on this afternoon, late in the afternoon, but who is most to blame for our current predicament? Because I know it's not as, you can't just pick one, but yeah. who's most to blame? Players, management or board? That's all I put, and results quite convincing. 17% players, 31% said management, and 52% said the board. You've got the, a couple of people did reply. Uh, Alan said, uh, players are the last I'd blame in the current situation. It's either board or management for me, but Pellegrini looks like he's not sure how to play. Uh, Mike Connolly says all three. Uh, Nico said management easily, but everyone who's just voted, as uh, I said, but board as a landslide. Because I feel... But especially with the names Tom mentioned, if, if, if you move on, you, who are we going to get in anyway? The names that are being mentioned are no good. And I think if you had a board with a little bit more money and ambition, then those names would be better. Well, the seat is getting warmer for Pellegrini at West Ham. How long can he last? There's a certain controversy brewing over at the Olympic Stadium. And just a quick reminder, we are going to be national uh, from Monday. You can join in. Tell all your friends up and down the country, you will never have to lose us because not only do we give your team a say on what is going on at the club we will never be without you right here on love sport radio from ali to zaha we've got it covered love sport radio you are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with a fiery, a passionate We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards. We've been speaking not just about the Wolves' defeat, the Arsenal defeat, but how long these problems have been going on at the Olympic Stadium and the root of the problems and how we can change them. What is going wrong? Is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it the board? Or is it secret option D? Is it all three of those? We'll be getting into all of it. We're going to be looking at the game with Southampton. Potentially Pellegrini's last. Now it is a favourite. Before we come to the favourite, the West Ham Mystery Players Quiz, let's quickly talk about Pellegrini. Because for you, is his time up? Is he done? And who do you want? I know it's a question that maybe you don't want to answer looking towards the future. But maybe if there is no anger from the players, well, if the attitude has gone, maybe he has lost the dressing room, what happens now? Now, of course, it's time to go short term. And yeah, hopefully we get another manager in that will save us from going down. I, I Again, I agree. I think it's a just, just disgrace that they're keeping him till Southampton. What's the point? His regime isn't working. It's not going to work if we get another, if we nick another win. And well, you're just prolonging the inevitable now. So I just think it shows a bit of contempt for the club and the fans by, by keeping him on. But yeah, go on. Massively agree. I, what I will say is I think that He's conducted himself a bit of class until last night. I think I genuinely do think he's a good manager. I just don't think he's suited at all to us. I think he will go up. Well, maybe now. I think he might actually hang it up after how torrid this last month, few months have been. He might end it. But I think he's been a great manager. He clearly knows what he's talking about. But he just is not a right fit for us. And it is so obvious to every single person who watches West Ham week in, week out. He is not suiting us. We need somebody who's going to galvanise the fans. Our fans and the disconnect is so big. They need someone who's going to come in, understands the club, understands what playing for West Ham means and it's going to get the best out of those players and make them work hard, care, try and go at teams. And that, that's what we need. We need high energy. 
I, you know what? You just just made me think of something there as you said that that we need someone to come in and galvanise the club. And I thought back to Bilic mm. again because he's that sort of figure. And I just wonder because if whoever you oh. get in now, whoever you get in now, is still answerable to people who don't galvanise the fans. Mm. And I feel like ultimately, as much as as much passion as you might come in with, if you're a manager, even if you know, even if Slav and Julian came back and were like, "Look, we're better managers now," blah blah blah. And you had that that same connect on an emotional level. I just feel after a while, whoever you put in that manager's hot seat, while they're answerable and you know, moulded, if you like, by mm. by the board that we've got at the moment, I just wonder whether that or ever mm. whoever you put in, you could put Paolo Di Canio in there, and I feel eventually the pressures of that having those people as his mm. boss would just grind him down, and it would all Completely. go to. Pond. I tweeted that yesterday. I said that the problem is that it's never going to work in the long term with those owners. I think it's just short term. What I mean by that is short term. If we want to stay up, we need someone like that to come in. But ultimately, we will never be anything with those in charge. That's my honest opinion. Mm, It's an interesting one. Galvanise. The fans need it. Something to spark them. Certainly the players need it. Who do you think? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. Let me tell you, the tweets have been going mad for West Ham today. Many, many names mentioned, but now it is a favourite part of the We Are West Ham fans here on Love Sport Radio. It is, of course, the West Ham Mystery Players Rogue Players Quiz. As always, we get the music. Oh, the juices start flowing. It is a clash of the titans. The heavyweight clash normally, Will versus uh, James. They lead up to Christmas. The scores have been tight. James, he he was so far in front, he took the night off. Just kidding, obviously. This one is more than a friendly it is more than a friendly Tom steps into the chair. Sound like a FIFA rerun, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the game. Well, just quickly, uh, apparently there is some news on the Christmas challenge. Well, I do feel, uh, you know, those of you who listen every week will know that I'm actually 7-5 behind to James on game weeks at the moment. You'll know we've been relying on points difference in case it was even. And although James's baby did actually turn up a little bit early, so we're all a bit surprised by that. And unfortunately, I feel that 7-5 behind, I would have needed two 3-0 wins to beat him. James isn't going to be back before we take our Christmas break. So I think as he's had a baby, I think it's only fair that I concede the Christmas beers to him. But important to remember that the scores will keep on running for the rest of the season. So it'll be a season-long contest. But our little mid-season bet for the Christmas beers, I think it's time I conceded that to James gentlemen of you will to do so but it is a long old season the title race is still up for grabs but this is will versus tom tonight very simple three mystery west ham players five clues the clues start off hard they get easier as they go on it's the first person to get them fingers on the buzzers boys the tension in the studio at love sport towers is high player number one clue number one Began their career in Denmark in 2005. Lars Jakobsen. That 2005. Behave. <laughs> he was about 40 then. Clue number two. Winston Reid. That is correct. Bang. Oh, FC Michelin. Unbelievable. Yeah. From one clue wheel off to a flyer. We move on. Player number two. Clue number one. Signed by Alan Pardew for 300,000. Nigeria Coca. They oh. are both incorrect. Adam Noland. That is incorrect. <laughs> Let's hear some clues tonight sorry, from sorry, the wonderful sorry. Reese who provides us with this. Clue number two. Played a total of 18 games for West Ham. Darren Powell. Incorrect. <laughs> clue number three. Scored their first West Ham goal against Ipswich in 2004. 
What did, where did you say he was signed from Wimbledon? I didn't say signed from okay. anyone. I said signed by Alan Pardew for 300,000. Malky Mackay? That is correct. Oh, what? What a down? shout Nowhere. by Tom Edwards. And unbelievably, as you always want it to go this way, it's 1-1, one, one, which means the last one does count and it does matter. This is Malky huge. McCoy. Player number three, <laughs> clue number one, made their debut for Ipswich in 1985. Now, oh, mate. Clue number two. Signed for 500,000 in the summer of 1997. Played 30 times for West Ham. Clue number four. No guesses on this one. They are stumped. Clue number four. Conceded a lot lot of goals against Manchester United. Craig Forrest. That is correct. And Will is the winner tonight. 2-1 there in the quiz. Will. If only James was here tonight, you might have clawed those points back. You might have clawed the game. It's a good quiz, that, Reese. It is no good doing it when the pressure's off, though, is it? And the pressure's off. What would, yeah. he, have, uh, what would he have a Winston Reid clues? Uh, the second clue, play 10 games for Denmark under-21s. Uh, clue number three, first league goal for West Ham away at Forest 2011. Clue number four, total of 194 games for West Ham. Clue number five, scorer of the last goal at Upton Park. He's still here as well, isn't he? Yeah, still, he's still floating here. around. But no the, one knows where he is. In the he plays for New Zealand, somewhere. but he doesn't play for us. Well, no one knows where he is. And I quickly want to ask about another tweet from Tom Edwards. He's almost getting his own feature, his own segment. You <laughs> mentioned where is Jack Wilshire in the world yeah. because he's a player that now it gets no mention either, Will. He doesn't. He, he, honestly, I don't even think the clubs say, oh, he's doubtful today or whatever. They just don't mention him because he's clearly got chronic problems injury-wise and it's... The club must regret. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a brilliant player, and he could add something if he was fit, fit and available. But we, he's just sucking wages, like an Andy Carroll type of signing we had, and it's just we could do with a. I want, look at that midfield. You got Noble, Snodgrass, and Rice, and not no disrespect to them. I think Noble and Rice, they're all good players in their own right in different ways. But they are the same and the same. They all run, and I'll give it their best. But they don't have that little bit of quality to open someone up. Jack Wilshere does, but sadly, it's not worked out. Like a lot of transfers don't for us. Jack Wilshere did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Wilshere did. If someone yeah. said that to me when we were talking about Felipe Anderson, I know I'm not going to go into him again. Um, but <laughs> no, but giving I, him a week off, Will. No, but I, I just think you know, there's people going, "Oh, my, it was my house match." He said, "Oh, he was class for Lazio, though, wasn't he?" I was like, "Well, yeah." Well, John Terry was good for Chelsea ten years ago, but you wouldn't ask him to pull on his boots now, would you? Mm. And I just, I, I totally agree. Reese hit the nail on the head. Then we just got some bang average players. I thought last night. Uh, Mark Noble's one. I love him and all the spirit and all that's fine. But 500 games, honest, by the way, but well yeah, it's for, for, yeah, for congratulations to Mark for that <laughs> milestone. What a shame. What a shame what a as shame. well. Completely flew under the radar. 500 that. games for West Ham and yeah, and that's sort of completely overshadowed. But mm. my point with Mark Noble is a club who supposedly are supposed to be battling for the top six and, you know, battling for European competitions and all that, that old chestnut. Clubs like that should have by now found a man uh, to replace a 32, 33-year-old leggy midfielder. I'd love Mark Mm. Noble as much as the next man, but he should have been forced out of the team by now, shouldn't he? He wouldn't get anywhere near any other sides, would he? I absolutely love that boat, probably more than most of my family. Sorry, Max, you probably (laughs) listen to my brother. But... Yeah, he's seeing that. Seeing the last few weeks, he's he's not up to the level anymore, and and to have him in the midfield next to a Snodgrass and Rice is just so backwards and uncreative. We're probably the least forward-thinking club 
midfield-wise in the entire Premier League, and that's got to change, and he's a big part of it. I love him. He should be around the squad. Great bloke, but he's not shouldn't be in the team. No, well, he, he's just sorry, Charlie. No, he's, just, he's just uh, he's just one of few. It always sounds like when we do these things, we're picking on one, mm. but you could literally like Snodgrass yeah, played his best. He's a six out of ten player, yeah. isn't he? Cresswell six out of ten. Masuaku no good. Mm. You know, there's just Fredericks no good. There's just average, average, average. Do you know what is a shame? And uh, sort of change my trail of thought here but obviously you know I, I pull for West Ham in the sense that I speak to you every week and I want you to do well because you know it, it doesn't change the show because you're always so like up for it but you mentioned there's no anger in the players there's no anger in the staff and there's almost no anger from you two tonight you know talking about oh we lost to Arsenal we lost to Wolves and a little bit the fire's lost in you two and James was saying and that makes me sad from an That's angle of because you two have lost your fire mm. as fans from I remember you know we were talking about pre-season friendlies mm. in game week one this is our best 11 this is our best squad and Pellegrini mm. and now we're in December and Will it's completely vastly changed yeah I mean me Tom James <laughs> and tens of thousands of others Charlie as well that's the thing I mean, you will mm. have people that there's been some low-key rumblings about uh, more protests or whatever this week, and I think th- those calls for that will only will only grow bigger as as time goes on or the results go on. But I, I do think that Charlie and I'm getting mm. a bit like that now. Well, that's why I think change needs to come from the mm. top because it's hard to keep getting yourself up when you know the result's going to be the same. Well, you're not the only one because we asked for your tweets and WhatsApps. We've just had another one into the studio this time from Kevin from Romford saying Pellegrini is a fraud. Unbelievable. In what has been a packed show, now the manager gets called a fraud. Unbelievable. But we are talking to Ben Stroud from the Archers Road End, which is the Southampton blog, to preview the game on the weekend if we can light that fire in our belly. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. That's right, it is time for the opposition view on the West Ham fan show. Maybe they don't want this one because they're not looking forward to any games at the minute. But if you want a game that you need to win, it is Southampton who are struggling themselves down at the bottom of the table themselves with West Ham playing those teams in and around you. Points are a must. Delighted to say Ben Stroud from the Archers Road End, which is a Southampton blog, joins us now. Ben, a big game on the weekend. West Ham, they're not having the best of times. Southampton did record those back-to-back wins. Wasn't to be on the weekend, though. What have you made of Saints' season so far? Hi, Charlie. Yeah, um, our our season, I mean, it's, it's mirroring West Ham's season, really. I think we, I think you've got two teams here, uh, you know, who are having an absolute shocker of a season. Um, we just can't hold on to leads. We can't defend. I think that... Uh, Losing nine nil at home to Leicester is uh, is pretty much you, you know sums our whole season up. Uh, poor in defence, um, and the only kind of you know real bright spot for us really is I do think we do have I do think we have the right manager, um, and uh, obviously Danny Ings who's who scored fifty uh, percent of our goals. So yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a meeting of uh, two pretty poor teams on Saturday, I think. Hi Ben, you just alluded to Danny Ings there. I mean that's for me. I, I'm boring everyone with it, but that's the big thing. The difference between these the two sides is Danny Ings and your upsurging form is his goal scoring. Is there yeah. if he gets injured? What look, honestly, what goes on from there? Is Southampton just as cropped as we are because he seems to be the <laughs> only thing separating you and getting points really? I'll be honest, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm happy yeah, to hear that. Someone's with us. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 all we're all there. Um, we're all in the same position because uh, 
if Danny gets injured, uh, it's tough to see where the goals are going to come from. War Prowse is scoring some goals, and and, and Musa Gineppo's come in and and, and and score some goals. Got Sofiane Bouffal as well, but um, you can't really rely on 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 the you know the, the backup players that we have. Uh, you know, Michael Oberfemi is is 18. He's still young. He's still learning. And uh, Shane Long, as good as he is at, at chasing lost causes, is. Is, is not what you'd kind of describe as a uh, not somebody you'd describe as a prolific goal scorer. So, if Danny Danny gets injured, we really are in trouble. Ben, you you mentioned that there. I think that's probably clear for everyone to see about the Danny Ings impact. But I'm just uh, mm. having a look at some of your results throughout the season so far. You've kind of beat the teams that in if you're going to be in a relegation scrap like it appears like you are along with us I might yeah. add but if um you seem to have beaten the wins you have picked up have been against those sort of teams around you and the teams at the bottom obviously unlucky not to get anything at Newcastle on the weekend but I think they're surprising a lot of people given that and given yeah. the abysmal form that we're in at the moment is there is there a little bit of belief or do you think as I think a lot of people went into the Arsenal game last night thinking this is just going to be a battle for who's the least bad well, I think that's definitely going to be the case. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I could see I could see it, see it any differently, but you know, I see a lot of parallels with with West Ham season and our season. I think that um, we yes, we have beaten the teams around us. Fortunately, um, I think that we out of uh, the teams down there, I think we definitely had the hardest start of all of them. Um, but you know, we are where we are, and. Uh, you know, and uh, we we have a problem with our defence. We're leaking goals. We can't hold on to a lead, and uh, I think that it, it's you, you know we're down there. We are, despite the uh, tough start. We you know we're down there for a reason, and I think that you know with with this game coming up, um, we it's going to be a, a, an edgy atmosphere. It's going to be a nervy atmosphere. Um, and I think that it's certainly it's certainly not going to be, uh, you, you know, a festival of football. Let me just say that. <laughs> Bang on. Uh, ben, there are a lot of similar similarities with both clubs at the minute because Saints have tried a number of managers. Not, none seem to be working. Ralph gets labelled as someone, you know, ram pegs, square holes and all this. And West Ham, they don't know about their identity. They've tried a number of different managers. It's not working for them. It's a huge game, though, on the weekend. What is your score prediction? Yep, huge game, and uh, I, my 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 prediction is I think we may edge it. It's never going to be a clean sheet because we never keep clean sheets. But I think that we can get a couple of goals. I think that I think that we'll win two one. Um, although, who can tell? Because uh, you know, barring our, our last two home wins, we our, our form has been pretty atrocious at home. So it's difficult. But you're very much right about managers as well. Um, you know, two 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 teams have tried various different managers, and after a while, you have to kind of look beyond the managers and look at the owners, don't you? Really? Yeah, absolutely. You're going for the Saints win, though, Ben. You're not making friends on the West Ham show, but we appreciate <laughs> you coming on and giving us a little bit of time. Always a pleasure to speak to you, Ben. Uh, ben Stroud there from the um, Archers Road End, which is a Southampton blog. He's going for the Saints win. Will are you following suit? 
don't know. I really don't <laughs> He's know. He's a broken man. No, I'm gutted. I, I just I, no. I, I could I could almost see us half stumbling our way to an accidental two-one or something where <laughs> almost accidental. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, when you know we right. like, even even the goal against Arsenal last night, it was sort of like. I hit him on the shoulder, hit someone else on the back. Yeah, exactly. The only way he was scoring was heading it sideways into a bloke to actually make it go in. That was the only way it was going in. Yeah, I can actually see like again, both teams just throwing goals Mm. at each other because they're they're so awful. But um, yeah, so I'll go two one. Two one, Tom. Danny Ings will be the difference. Three one again to Saints. Yeah. Wow, it's time to get in worse. I know Tom's patience is well and truly lost. Well, they're both going for a mixture of results. They're saying goals, though. But, Will, there are some quick uh, little plugs and announcements we need to address. Yeah, just 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 a couple. Obviously, sorry if it's your first show you've listened to this week, first of all. <laughs> it's been a good one. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think just uh, wanted to let everyone know what's going on over Christmas, really. Obviously, the early departure of James. But the So, next week will be our live our last live show for two weeks. But myself and Reese, who you heard earlier on, who's the quiz master, we've started a nostalgia series of podcasts. So our first part, or our first episode, if you like, is a look back at the last season, at last ever season at Upton Park. We run through lots of different bits. And so there'll be two parts going out over Christmas the same day the shows would so there'll be the Wednesday morning after each show would go out so get onto the West We Are West Ham podcast on iTunes and all that to to get onto those um, and yeah it's just uh, that's that's basically it from me yeah head over to Twitter to check them out and for all your latest West Ham news well this has been the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio with Will Pugh and Tom Edwards we are here next week the last one before Christmas there will be so much to discuss especially that accidental 2-1 win that Will talked about over the Saints I'm looking forward to it as always we will be right here on Love Sport Radio. We'll see you next week. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Podcast Network.